You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform with clients in over 20 Broadway shows, the West End, stages across the country, musical theater programs, Australia, you name it. Uh, We're luckily there. You can work with me one-on-one via an an interactive fitness app. You can go to builtforthestage.com or check us out on the gram at Built for the stage. All right. Exciting guest as always. They're currently starring in the new musical on Broadway, Bad Cinderella as Prince Sebastian. Also have graced the stage in uh, the latest revival of West Side Story just before the world ended with the pandemic. We've also seen this actor in Hadestown um, as Orpheus and also A Beautiful Noise that recently uh, opened, I think, November of 2022 um and now here they are in bad cinderella please welcome to the podcast jordan dobson jordan thanks so much for having me (laughs) so good to meet you uh like i said before the recording everyone listening i got to see the show about three weeks ago i loved it if you want to have fun if you want to hear some good tunes if you want to see some great dancing and acting and fabulous voices Bad Cinderella, look no further. Um, tell us, first off, let's rewind before we get into the stage stuff. Give us a little bit of background. Where? Let's go with where are you from? Where are you from, Jordan? All right, I'm from South Jersey and Philly, just like right across the bridge. And um, yeah, yeah, I grew up around there. So not too far from New York, actually. Yeah, so you didn't have to wander very far to make it to the Broadway stage. You, you, <laughs> you might have walked over the bridge and found yourself there on Broadway, huh? <laughs> right, right. It was uh, easy. No, I'm kidding. Wh- what about growing up in Jersey? Easy decision for you? Like you knew you wanted to be a performer or, you know, you don't have to give us the whole like, I my. Well, if it's funny, do you have a funny story? Like, oh, and when I was seven, I did the school play. Not <laughs> yeah, really. Like that? I, like, didn't really know much about theater or Broadway at all as a kid. Um, I was always into music as far as, like, being an instrumentalist. Um, I play the woodwind instruments, and so that was my peek into the arts. And then um, I saw a musical, like, my junior year of, of high school, and I thought it was the coolest thing, and 
senior year of high school, I was like, you know what? I'll audition for some music schools and I'll audition for one theater program. And if I get into the theater program, I think it's a sign that I'll switch and try and become an actor. And I got in like that day. And so I was like, all right, that's a sign. I'm going to switch everything. And that's how I got into theater. Nice. Okay, cool. So not even necessarily the plan. How did you gain confidence in yourself as a performer when you necessarily weren't intending all along to even, you know, be in this, this field? Um, confidence. Okay. Yeah. I feel like ignorant bliss was the reason I was confident enough because I knew nothing about what I was doing. They were just like, you know, I, I went to my first audition um, like while in college in like shorts, I think, and had like a music book, like not a binder, just like a book from the library. And I was like, here's my song. Here we go. So I really had no clue what I was doing. But um, I also had no clue how scary it actually is. So I was just going in blind. And I think it kind of carried me through until I started learning about how it actually goes. Yeah, I mean, relatively speaking, you're still uh, a young person. So like this was you're not too far removed from that experience. So do you even like still have that uh, those experiences now where you might be around some Broadway veterans or you might find yourself as a lead on Broadway and you're like, wait a second, what am I what, what am I doing here? How do you how do you combat maybe those feelings? Yeah, because those things definitely still come up. Um, honestly, the sense of community here on Broadway has carried me through. I mean, there are so many great mentors, specifically in this show, Carolee Carmelo and Grace McLean are two rocks that I lean on constantly and go to for advice constantly. Um, so I'm always leaning on other people to help me or, or let me know about things that I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, this is my fourth show on Broadway, but my first time originating a lead role um, so there's a lot that comes with that, too, and a lot of pressure. Um, so those two women have definitely helped me so much with how to deal with that mentally and physically. So grateful for yeah. them. Okay, first time uh, originating a role. So tell us about maybe where the show started and where it is now, like just things that you just off the top of your head of like, oh, wow, that changed, or I don't know how I was ever going to be able to make this work, but here I am and I'm making it work you know, stuff like that. Yeah, there have been a lot of changes, not only in the preview process, but before that, in the rehearsal process, it felt like building um, just something from the ground up. We also did a workshop before we started proper rehearsals. And so to watch all these iterations, like now I have this little reprise of the song Bad Cinderella, which is in there. And I think it's so beautiful. Um, but then there are things that have been cut. Like I have a song that was kind of cut in half um, and, and for good reasons to make the flow of the show better. So you learn to not take these things personally at all, whether it's, you know, you're getting more material or less material. Uh, you you got to learn that it's not you or anything like that. It's just for the sake of the show. And there was all, yeah, you know, oh, I think, I, I think I just uh, saw an interview with Carrie Butler and she said every show she's originated her like big song has been cut from the show and and she shared the same thing though of like hey it sucks but it was the right call oh my gosh yes i actually that happened to me because there was another song right after i got cast before i even started the workshop rehearsals i got a message that was like andrew lloyd weber wants to write a new song and hear it on your voice 
and wants you to work with him on this new brand new song that he's writing for your character. And I was like, oh my God, okay, this is going to be incredible. I'm telling my family, like Andrew Lloyd Webber is writing a song for me. And uh-huh. I went to his apartment and we worked on the song and it was super cool just watching them develop this and, uh, and David Zippel with the lyrics and our director, we were all working on it. I was so excited. We did it in the workshop. And then soon after the workshop, they were like, all right, that was such a cool experience. The song is not going to be used. It's cut. And I was like, oh, was it, yeah. did I not do it well? But it just yeah. didn't fit the flow of the show. Um, and yeah, it was a huge, like almost like 11 o'clock number and no one's ever seen it. <laughs> I think that's just a good lesson for everyone that's listening of just like how you can't take this business personally in any regard, like any, 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 any regard. Um, because at the end of the day, the the show takes precedent over anything. So, um, okay, so you get to go to Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, apartment. You're working on this song. You're with some other creatives. Um, I have a picture here of you walking on the street with uh, Lenady and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, what's that been like just casually just chilling with, with Andrew, <laughs> you know, during during the process? What's that been like? Oh, my goodness. Um, at first, really insane. Like, when he was in my audition, I was freaking out. And being at his apartment, I was freaking out. And then, honestly, over time, it becomes kind of normal, especially with Andrew, because he's so unaware of like who he is and his impact like obviously he knows but he doesn't take that with him or it's not in the room with him he just wants to do good work so it just feels like like he's just like like a a fun dad to be quite honest like he, he cracks corny jokes every now and then and he's really just about the work and you don't feel like you're working with this huge icon this huge legend um you just feel like you're working with another artist which is it takes so much pressure off and allows for good work to actually happen. So I'm super grateful for that. But honestly, when I go back and look at pictures of like me, Linetti and Andrew walking down the street, I'm like, Oh, that looks really cool. At that moment, like we were just going to see uh, a Phantom of the Opera. We were going to see his show. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little of both looking back at surreal, but in the moment it's just like fun and kind of chill. Yeah. And what's it been like working opposite with Linetti? Ah, that's been such a blessing. I mean, Linetti is everything you would want in a scene partner and everything you would want in a co-star. Um, you know, we're we're on stage together all the time, but we're also doing interviews together and spending so much time together. And she is just so generous with her spirit and her heart. And that makes all the difference. Um, we both, it's both of our first time originating lead roles. So we both can like share our nerves with each other. We both can share our excitement with each other that this is all kind of brand new. And on stage, she's just so fun. Oh, my goodness. Like, she keeps things fresh. Um, We're always just, like, joking around, and we always check in after we get off stage together and be like, oh, that was fun today. Or, oh, sorry, I kind of I messed up a little. And I just feel super safe with her overall. So that's great. For anyone that might be listening or watching that's a huge fan of the show, What's something that you just said, like uh, maybe a little blip up that a normal audience member or someone that hasn't seen the show um, might not realize, but maybe there's a, some diehard fans out there that would be like, that could appreciate a little story, if you have one. Oh, you yeah, one. yeah. For people who know the show, they know I have a little dagger with me. 
and I um, <clears throat> I cut some rope, like I, I cut her off of it uh, being tied to a tree. And one time I just couldn't get the rope off and I was just like kind of really struggling with it. And it was past the queue for me to get the rope off. And she's still tied to the tree. She's supposed to be like, you know, out and about on the stage. And I'm just like singing and she's singing while I'm fooling with it. And then another time, I mean, you don't have to be a fan to know that this shouldn't have gone well. <laughs> I stepped up onto a, a tree stump on my like really high note in my big song in act one. And I fell like I fully the tree stump slipped from under me. I fell off of it, still holding the note somehow. And the whole audience gasped. They were like, oh, and that was not the best feeling. So I, anyone should have known that that went wrong. <laughs> Right, right. I'm sure after that show, they put maybe some extra adhesive at the bottom of that uh, tree stump for you. Yeah, they helped me out there. And now I I really step up very carefully. <laughs> right. No more skateboarding on the tree stump. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So let's hop off the stage for a moment. I was joking about your cat, Lemon, uh, before we... Uh, we're hitting record here. So let's get to know Jordan a little bit off the stage. Let's put you um, on the hot seat. It's the hottest seat you've ever sat on. So BFTS hot seat might even put some music in here. Let's see. Let's do this. All right, here we go. Jordan Dobson, BFTS hot seat. <laughs> easy one to start with. I think it's easy. Let's see. Dogs or cats? Cats. Okay. Uh, why did you name Lemon Lemon? I actually got her as Lemon because, and they told me they named her that because she has two big yellow eyes. Okay. Uh, lemons or limes when you're like maybe drinking uh, water or something? Honestly, still lemons. Oh, okay. So we're, <laughs> we're staying true. We're staying true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like to do this one. Let's go Beyonce or Rihanna. Ah, uh, that's I never want to put them against each other, but Beyonce is my queen. So. Okay, and then uh, Beyonce or Lady Gaga? Uh, Beyonce. Okay, there we go. Sweet. Um, New York or Chicago? Oh, I've never been to Chicago, so I gotta say New York. All right, easy one there. Easy one. Never been. Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, would you rather sing a ballad or an up tempo? I'm a sucker for a ballad. I love a ballad, so lucky for me here. <laughs> okay, so would that would I assume then that you rather have romance than comedy? I'm more comfortable in romance, but comedy is more fun and it pushes my limit. So okay, all right. Favorite uh, state theatrical stage experience? Ah, favorite experience. I think my Broadway debut. It was Tony and West Side Story, and my parents got to see me singing this iconic music alone on a Broadway stage. So nothing, nothing really beats that. Besides theater performance, what's your biggest passion off the stage? Uh, my biggest passion off the stage, um, besides performance, I mean, music, I'm an instrumentalist, so I still love that. But I, I really love writing music, writing my own stuff. Okay. When you're just going to like chill out, watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever, what's your go-to show right now? Ah, oh, Succession. The Succession is so good. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, last question. If you had a time machine, where, when, and what would you be doing? So where would you go? What time period would it be, and and what would be like the dream scenario of what you were doing? Oh, if I had a time machine, 
I would probably like just go back um, to hang out with my grandparents while they're teenagers. I think that would be really fun to be like, or like maybe like early twenties of my grandparents, so that we could be the same age and like the same same vibe and just like hang out and see what that would be like. Like, who were they when they were mine? Wow, I'm not even. I'm like gonna cry. I'm not even saying. <laughs> no one's ever said that one, and I'm like, oh, that one. That one got me because I love my grandparents and they've passed. But where would you go? Would you go to like their hometown or where would you be with them? Yeah, yeah, they're all from Philly on both sides. Um, um, so I would just stay in Philly with them and and just like chill and ask them questions and um, yeah, hopefully, like it would be cool. It, hopefully it wouldn't be one of those situations where it's like, you can't know that I'm from the future. Like I would want to tell them like, Hey, I'm your grandson from the future. Let's right. talk and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're making the rules here, so we'll allow it. We'll allow <laughs> Great. it. All right. There you go. Congratulations. You're off the hot seat. You oh, crushed it. The hot there seat was go. fun. I liked it. Okay. Good. Good. I didn't, you I didn't show it, but I have a picture of lemon right here for those who are watching. Yeah. End of the show sent me this to, at the stage door. So. I, I love this, like, this regal, like, collar here or something, right? huh? Because she's a queen. She's royalty, too. Not just Prince Sebastian. Princess Lemon. Here is Princess Lemon, everybody. My girl, the love of my life. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So we had some fun. Um, I want to go because like the trajectory of your career on Broadway is a unique one where you started West Side. And then as we know, the pandemic hit, right? And then... Right. Uh, to, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Hades Town for you wasn't until after the pandemic, yeah. Yes, correct. Okay, so you get to dip your foot in the water, you know, with making your debut, and then all of a sudden, if if you'll go with me on, you know, the rug gets pulled out from under you. You're on the stage, and then boom, it's it's done. Obviously, dev yeah. devastating. Like, tell us like just the good and the bad of like how. It su sucks so much that it happened, but now on the other side of it and, and three additional shows later after the pandemic, tell us just like how that grew you um, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of said it best. There was good and bad in that situation. I mean, the bad was that our industry shut down. And while I'm like dipping my feet in the Broadway scene, everything's on hold and um, I mean, the whole world is on hold, so we we all know what that was like. But there really was some good in it because I feel like making my Broadway debut in West Side Story, I was still kind of new to New York. I was new to Broadway, um, standing by and, and taking over for this insane lead role in this insane show and this huge production. Um, there was so much pressure and so, much, so many eyes on me. Um, so I got to during the break, like really take a step back and understand what just happened, really process it, and then figure out who I wanted to be as an, as an actor and as a person in this community. Um, I feel like I could have just gotten wrapped up in so much of it uh, if I didn't have a break to step back. 
So that was a blessing. And also I got to figure out like what type of art I really want to do. Um, I realized I love creating things. Um, and so I just got to write a bunch. I got to write my own stuff. And that really informed my work as an actor um, and as a singer because I was writing music too. And at the end of the day, like I got to spend a lot of time with my family. I went home and that really grounded me. Um, so <clears throat> there was there really was more good than bad, honestly, as far as it goes for me as a person and career wise, too. So Yeah. And then when you ended up booking Town afterwards, tell us about that. Was that during the time of like the self-tape submissions via Zoom still or like live auditions via Zoom or did you actually get to show up in the room? Um, well, it was weird. I initially went in for Town pre-pandemic ah. <clears throat> in person, like right when things were about to shut down for the tour. Um, and, and for Broadway, I was kind of going in for both. And <clears throat> I had booked Hades Town a few times before I actually did it. Um, it just never worked out scheduling wise. And it, it just like, we always missed the mark as far as me being in Hades Town. So when I finally got to do it, <clears throat> it was for that stint as Orpheus. It was such a blessing. And for me, it felt like such a long time coming because Hades Town had already been a part of my life. Um, so <clears throat> they they still had to like approve me and had me do more auditions for that for the the uh stint that I actually did in Hades Town and that was on Zoom, um, you know, all virtual, uh, which is you know a weird experience because we were still new to virtual auditioning. Yeah. Um, but I was so grateful when I finally got it and could finally do it. It was a blessing. Nice. You mentioned about the pressure of Bad Cinderella and like the the lead up to it. Now that you're open and there's different pressure with the show, maybe um, just maintaining the eight shows a week, maybe it's uh, ignoring the outside noise. Like, how are you now in your groove or how are you working to get into your groove if you feel like you haven't already of just like uh, settling in? You know, how are you settling in amongst the noise? Yeah, it's it's a really difficult balance. I mean... Doing eight shows a week is difficult on anyone, no matter what what you're doing. Um, and then doing uh, like press and interviews on top of it, it's so much fun, but it also takes a lot of energy. Um, and then trying to maintain a personal life on top of that, connecting with my family and my friends. So I'm still finding the groove of that. Um, but as far as like <clears throat> dealing with the outside noise and ignoring that, I mean, there's so much noise surrounding this show. And quite honestly, we are having such a blast and we're having fun. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, our, our team is so much fun. And they've always set that precedence of we are here um, to have a good time and to share a beautiful story. And nothing's really broken that at all. Um, and if there are the outside voices that try and come in and step on that, I feel like have only strengthened us as a company to have more fun with each other. Um, so we're just having a blast and figuring out um, figuring out our, our stamina and our energy levels, like as any Broadway show has to do um, after opening. So, yeah, overall, it's just we're, we're clowning around over here. So All right, good. I love to hear it. That'll definitely be one of our clips to uh, promote the episode because it makes me happy to hear that you all are just 
growing and being even more resilient, having even more fun. That's that's good to hear. Uh, okay, so the social life thing. This is very difficult. Let's talk scheduling because I think a lot of people in the industry or out of the industry, especially, they struggle with their schedule. They struggle with balance. Like you, you're in your dressing room right now. Um, it's Tuesday, so it's just one show today, or you have you don't have two, do you? Yeah, just one show today. Right, so it's two p.m. and you don't have a show until eight p.m. I'm assuming it's an eight p.m. curtain. Uh, tonight is seven. Okay, but yeah. Okay, seven p.m. You still have five hours to go, but here you are in your dressing room having to do an interview with me, and you just talked about you know finding balance of your friends or your family or sleeping or maybe um, going to to work out or have brunch or whatever. How have you personally, over this show and the other shows previous, how do you schedule out your life so that you can have one? <laughs> well, okay. I don't know if I have an answer to that question because that is something I very much struggle with. Um, like if we're being real, it's two o'clock right now. The show is at seven. I woke up this morning, I did a self-tape, I helped my friend with their self-tape, I'm doing this interview, and then I have two more uh, interviews after this, and then an in-person audition, and then the show tonight. So it really, like, some days are jam-packed like that, and then some days, it's just like, you got nothing before the show, and on those days, I just chill with Lemon on the couch, <laughs> watch TV. Um, so it kind of can go from zero to 60 so quickly, I feel like, especially after opening a show. Um, but more important, like more important to me than anything is connecting with my family. So I often like call my mom and dad on the way somewhere, <clears throat> like walking to the train. I called my mom. We talked and she was like, how the tape go? And, you know, checking in, how are the interviews going to go? And that helps ground me. and makes me less nervous for those things. And then when I got off the train into Midtown, I called my dad. So I find, you know, like I find little moments to connect with the people that I love most. And when there is downtime, I like to just like physically rest and just like try and watch TV or play a video game or read something, you know? Oh, what are you a gamer? What video games are you playing? Um, there's this game. I'm not a huge gamer, but there's this game called It Takes Two. And I play with my roommates and it's like you have to play together and you have to do like a lot of teamwork. It's really collaborative. It's very fun. Um, and I like like FIFA and, you know, just games like that. Okay. As in soccer, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Soccer. You, play, um, you played soccer or you're just a fan? Yeah. I played soccer growing up, actually. Yeah. I played a few different sports, but soccer was the one that I loved the most. Okay. Um, what other sports did you play growing up? I did track and field. Um because I loved running. I was always fast, but I, I didn't, I didn't, um, that one didn't hold me. Cause I was like, ah, there's no like goal. Like you, you just keep running. And for me, like soccer was a nice balance. Cause I was like, oh, there's so much running, yeah. but there is like an end goal there. Like I got to score. I got to stop the ball from getting there. And I did football for a little bit. That was fun, but it, it really wasn't for me, but yeah. soccer was really fun. Nice. Do you ever have you ever drawn like experiences from, your days playing sports as far as maybe the discipline of it or the competitive competitiveness of it and brought that into your career in theater? Yeah, 1000%. The, the discipline of it more so than anything, because, you know, on the stage, you're an athlete as well. And you have to maintain, you have to take care of your body. Like 
I've had a man that said, like, even if you're not dancing in a show, you do a full cool warm up every time you set that foot on stage because you're doing the same thing eight times a week to your body, no matter what it is. Um, and that has been the most important thing. And even singing, like, your diaphragm and your vocal cord, that is all a muscle. And you have to warm up your entire body to make sure that muscle is going to work because that muscle has failed me a few times on stage because I was not as disciplined. And, you know, I just showed up to the theater and was like, let's go. And it's just never worth that risk. And it's never worth your health. So I've taken those lessons for me from sports. And yeah, I mean, sports are very competitive. And so is this business. But the competitive aspect of this business stresses me out. So I try not to focus on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when we said in the beginning of the interview that there's so much outside of your control that really has anything to do with you you just have to go in and and give your best yeah nothing is personal you just control what you can and let everything else go that's kind of my motto all right so you you mentioned your grandparents you've mentioned family you said that you call your your mom your dad i'll just ask the question very simply it's not a trick question or any like thing to look into but the question simply is why are you close with your family? Tell us about that dynamic and maybe how it shapes you as a person. Wow. I mean, that's a huge question. Why am I close with my family? I mean, they made me who I am. And as far as this business, they've sacrificed like so much for me to do this. Um, the reason I'm here is because of them. Um, uh, and it gets me so emotional to think about because like, no one can do this on their own. And like my family didn't have the funds to send me to like all these training programs or anything like that, but they did as much as they could um, to get me here. Um, they've always supported me in every walk of my life, whether it be performing or my personal life or school. I mean, I told you I changed plans at the last minute to study theater and my parents were just like, okay, like let's go with it. And as long as I was working hard, and uh, following the work ethic that they instilled in me, they always supported me. And that is my parents, my grandparents, my sister, uh, both my sisters, my brother. Um, so without them, truly, I am nothing. And um, uh, if I don't, if I don't have them like with me every day in some capacity, whether it is spiritually or talking on the phone or just texting them, uh, I'm really not myself because they're they're so much of who I am, you know. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Amazing. Jordan, thanks so much for being on Bill for the Stage podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. <laughs> my pleasure. I, I hope it, you know, it was chill and and not too uh too, you know, I don't know, much of an interview. I hope it was just a casual chat for you. Yeah, no, this was great. I mean, now I'm like kind of crying, but <laughs> that's, No, that's that's good. You know, I I have um I'm sure listeners out there whether it's their family or just other important people in your life like it it takes uh it takes a tribe you know it takes more than just yourself like you said so I just wanted to give you that platform to share it and uh, I'll make sure that I mean you make sure as well that your mom and dad hear that because I'm sure they would they would like it very much. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, and this has been so nice, yeah. truly. Jordan, thanks so much. Have a great show tonight, everyone. Jordan Dobson, go check out Bad Cinderella on the Broadway where Jordan plays Prince Sebastian. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Joe Roscoe here with Bill for the Stage. Thanks again for tuning in. If you 
haven't checked out the website yet, go to buildforthestage.com for that free trial. Actors or athletes, train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.